Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man on the Post podcast. We're back. It's the new season. It's a podcast preview time. Um, I was told earlier this is the relegation podcast preview time, um, but we'll uh, we'll get into that as we get going. Oh, of course, your host Ross, and with me is uh, a familiar voice in Dave. Hello, hello. Representing Newcastle, I should say. As always. Yeah. <laughs> as always. <laughs> um, we're joined by uh, Mr. Adam Brandon, uh, representing Norwich. Hello, everybody. Good doing, to be man? here. Uh, we're also joined by Simon O'Regan, uh, who's representing Aston Villa. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. And Hal, who is a Sheffield United fan. Yeah, I like the fact that I've just got one name as well, like the mad computer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stick with it. Yeah, now, go with it. This is going to be a tough podcast for me. I'm a Leeds fan, people that don't know. Three of you. I kind of want three of you to get relegated this season. I'm not going <laughs> to say which three it is, but obviously uh, <laughs> draw your own conclusions from that. <laughs> um, but we're here to preview uh, these four teams and how they're going to get on this season in the Premier League. Um, let's start with Dave. He's the experienced voice on our podcast. We'll go through your summer incomings um, quickly. Dave? Oh, um, we've got time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve Bruce is in. That's a, that's a thing that's happened. Yes. Um, well, obviously, I'm not best pleased about that, but uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's got the point where it doesn't really matter who's in charge. Like I think yeah. we've... For anyone who was under any doubt of how Mike Ashley was going to run the club, um, he's kind of shown his hand this summer. Um, yeah. He could he could have, you know, kept Benitez and we could have progressed to, you know, we're never going to win the league, we're not, probably never going to be the top four, but we could have been pushing the top half, maybe those, you know, the Wolves kind of position of seventh yeah. um, with a bit of investment and, you know, not Steve Bruce, but um, <laughs> that, that that's where we are and we're now we're recording this, uh, what, just less than three weeks before the season starts, and we haven't signed anybody yet. So. No. Um, and on top of that, of course, we've lost our top scorers from last season, both of them. So, it's looking good. <laughs> well, you brought a lot of money in, €35 million uh, Euros in, in incoming fees, uh, €30 million for Iose Perez. You must get €2 million for Hosselu, which is, I mean, that's a win. Yeah, but he cost us five. Like, oh. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Not so much of a win then. Uh, Mohamed Diame's left on a free transfer. Um, Kennedy's gone back to Chelsea. It's been, a, it's been a pretty quiet window for Newcastle, all in all, really, apart from the manager saga, isn't it? Yeah, so there was this protracted takeover, which may or may not be true. Basically, um, there's a group in uh, Dubai who came out out of the blue uh, at the end of May, saying they, they'd agreed a fee to buy the club, and they, they were putting all the uh, all the documents together, and it would be done. You know, as far as they were concerned, it was done. Yeah. Uh, and no one on the Newcastle side said anything whatsoever, <laughs> which is always a little bit concerning. <laughs> um, but no, they stuck with their guns. They released a statement. Oh yes, we were going to buy the club, and it's all done, etc., etc. And now here we are, more or less two months later, and they haven't bought the club. Um, and we have Steve Bruce as a manager now, so any value. <laughs> It's kind of be worth 350 million now. Oh, surely. <laughs> well, Rafa's taken the Chinese money, isn't he? He's gone to gone to China to live it up for a bit. Yeah, him and him and Rondi Kirk's having a great time uh, in China. <laughs> Anyone got any uh, questions for for the, for the Newcastle fan? Then? Anyone uh, ask him? Well, ha- from a Villa point of view, um, I've obviously got first-hand experience of Steve Bruce being in charge <laughs> of the club. Um, I really feel so sorry for you, David. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wish I you some words of encouragement. Um, to to be fair to him, when he first came in, we were a mess, and he actually did stabilise us. We were in serious danger of doing a Sunderland and having a double relegation. So to give him his credit, 
he did do well initially, but his last season at the club, I mean, the football, the, the quality, if you can call it quality, was, um, yeah, left a lot to be desired. And then he he turned on the fans and, and started sorting <laughs> our intelligence. He, he gave us the odds we'd never accept him because of his Birmingham City link. So be prepared to be uh, accused of never accepting him because he used to manage Sunderland. <laughs> so... I mean, I was actually keen to get your thoughts on um, him in general. I mean, obviously, you've covered off most of what I was going to ask there. Yeah. Um, of course, he was at Sheffield United many, many years ago. Um, yeah. So, so you know, two of you have already been scorned yeah. by this. But Yeah, I remember <laughs> but, when Steve took over at Sheffield United and uh, the first signing he wanted to make, it was just after the France 98 World Cup, he wanted to sign Bebeto, the uh, Brazilian striker. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of thing that obviously the board were like, well, hang on. I don't know if we mentioned we've got no money and you're also still going to have to play, uh, which he did initially. And the great thing that I think most people, particularly Sheffield United fans, will remember Steve Bruce for, not the acrimonious end where he ditched us for Huddersfield in a, a terrible way, really, just before the start of the season, but was actually the fact that we were playing Arsenal in the FA Cup, and I'm sure you'll all go, ah, oh, I know where this story's going. <laughs> and uh, there was that that throw-in that was meant to go back to us as we'd put the ball out for an injured player, but it was over Mars, Carnu, goal, and Bruce was like, Reid, that's it, taking them all off. And he wanted to get everyone, <laughs> everyone off the pitch, and the game had to be replayed because it was sour grapes, I suppose some could say, but Arsene Wenger said, look, we're offering to replay the game. We lost the initial game 2-1. We replayed it and lost it 2-1. So a uh, moral <laughs> victory all round. That's, that's all we really remember him for. Adam, you must uh, have the fondest memories of all for Steve Bruce and former Norwich player. Yeah, is it? well, I was born really around the time that he was a player for yeah. us, but he is a bit of a legend in, in, <laughs> as a Norwich player because... He scored the winning goal against Ipswich in a League Cup semi-final, oh, nice. second leg, which took us to Wembley and a final that we beat Sunderland in 1-0. Um, and that was our last sort of major silverware. So, yeah, yes, uh, yeah, he's, he's quite popular at Norwich, really. He's never <laughs> managed us, so that probably helps. He's been around <laughs> an awful lot. I'm looking at his list of managed clubs. Sheffield United, Huddersfield, Wigan, Palace, Birmingham, back to Wigan, Sunderland, Hull, Villa, Sheffield Wednesday and Newcastle. That is quite a run. Yeah. He's sort of well. somehow avoided him. over. <laughs> so have we, actually, which I'm shocked about. <laughs> Well, he also managed to squeeze in that literary career where he wrote uh, the book Striker. There was also Sweeper. Oh, these are awful reads. They are trem tremendously uh, funny, but not in the way you'd expect. Like, it's just utter nonsense for the most part. Like, yeah. minute, minute details, he's very heavy on them, which seems ironic compared to the way he manages. But um, <laughs> I just I love that he's been at both both Sheffields. He's been at Birmingham Villa, now Sunderland and Newcastle. Um <laughs> He's just... trying to complete sets, isn't he, all around the country? <laughs> he is. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be a car crash of a season. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pleased I didn't renew. Um, I think quite a lot of people also haven't renewed. Um, but, but you know, we came third in the Asia Trophy on Saturday, so I'm sure... Well, surely, Dave, if there's one thing to grasp hold of, it's that clearly loyalty means nothing to the man, and if he gets a better offer at any stage <laughs> in the season, he'll be off. I mean, what better offer is he holding out for? That's, that's my worry. Like six months ago, he was considering jacking it all in, and then Chef Wade came with a briefcase of cash, and then away well, he was. You know, new book then, deal. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You've got to have your face in the game to get those book deals. <laughs> so three weeks till the season starts, and also the, the window shuts. Nothing's going to happen, is it, really, Dave? There's, there's this player room well, £40 million. Pounds. Allegedly, um, we're going to have the biggest spending spree we've ever seen. Which, mm. in a way, like I kind of admire Mike Ashley for his pure trolling abilities. Like it's incredible, <laughs> like to have one of the best managers in the league and make him basically dance for money, <laughs> and then appointing Steve Bruce and giving him forty million for a Brazilian who got seven goals in in Bundesliga last season. I mean, Mama Juf got goals in the Bundesliga. Like <laughs> that's what we're dealing with here. I mean, he, he might he might be good. I've, I don't know a lot about him, but it's. Uh, Joe Linton, um, I've seen a couple of goals he scored and you think, well, you know, champion, but yeah. it's a bit it's a bit different playing uh, in the Premier League for a shit team. Um, <laughs> it, and then, you know, to kind of 
go the other way. He's been linked with a free transfer move, Andy Carroll. Which Brain what man. year? What year is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't That's want that Bruce signing. Well, he also wants uh, James Tavernier, who was in our academy at the same time as Andy Carroll. So I think he's yeah. just trying to get all the lads back together. <laughs> Kevin Nolan looks much these days. <laughs> well, funnily enough, he was uh, he was going to come back as Sam Allardyce's assistant manager. Um, <laughs> So having spent months slagging off Ashley, because Ashley flogged him basically when he was a player here. Yeah. Uh, a week before, he was like, he was like Partridge, where he was sat down. He was like, "Can I shock you? <laughs> I love Mike Ashley." <laughs> uh, and then Allardyce turned down the job, and Nolan is uh, unemployed as it stands. But I mean, he's probably probably waiting for the the, the call any day now. Nice. I'm looking through the squad. Um, this is a wasteland, Dave, especially striker-wise. Oh, it's, it's tragic. Um, Did you tell your main striker? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we hardly saw him last season, but, but he didn't speak much English, and Benitez yeah. was massive on, like, everyone has to speak the same language kind of thing, so mm. he was kind of bedded in, then he went off to the Asia Cup for a bit, and he came back and he was injured, and just didn't yeah, work out. Rod, but for, so, for, from, from my perspective of looking at Newcastle, Rondon looks like a really big miss from what you had last season. Whenever I watched Newcastle last season... He was one of the one of your best players, yeah. and he seemed to build up a little bit of an understanding with another South American that I really like in your team as well, Almiron. Um, so yeah, I think I think I think trying to replace him. I don't know if Joe Linton is a man, even even though I do cover South American football for a living. Yeah. Um, I, do, I don't actually know too much about Joe Linton because a lot of his football's been spent over there in Europe rather than here in South America. So yeah. um, I, all, all I know from friends is basically, you know, he's very similar in style to Roberto Firmino. Um, so I'm not sure he's going to solely solve any sort of goal-scoring problems. It's a bit more of a, of a creator type in, in that forward role. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think you still probably need uh, a forward that can put the put the ball in the net. Is Dwight Gale back at Newcastle this year? He is. Um, I mean, he's, he's not Premier League quality. Um, I would love yeah. to say he's going to turn around and become Premier League quality, but he's had so many cracks of the whip now at various clubs, like it, it doesn't yeah. seem likely to happen. He's seemingly offering out, offering out for free, basically, as well. He's been hawked around the Championship, but no one can afford his wages. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's just one of those players in that difficult position of being sort of almost too good for the championship and not yeah. quite good enough for the Premier League. Mm. We need to create a, a league for him. <laughs> <laughs> are we Are we expecting Bruce to play 3-5-2 or like, how does he generally set up? Uh, well, at Villa, um, he was kind of uh, in his, first, his only full season at the club, um, the year we ended up losing to Fulham in the final, it was a 4-4-1-1 that he played, really. Um, so, but he had Jack Grealish in that midfield, so that was kind of covered sort of two players in there, really, with the ability that he had in there. But um, he's very defensive-minded, uh, like, likes to get uh, wingers, fast wingers getting the balls into the big man so that's where I agree with what Adam said earlier that uh, Ron Dunn I think is going to be a huge miss in there because I think he would have actually thrived under Steve Brees' style of play to be fair mm. I mean the first thing he did when he took charge well he allegedly took charge of Saturday's game was he switched us back to three at the back which I think suits us more um, yeah it's really played best last year wasn't it it was um, but I don't know where Almiron will fit into that system and he's probably our best player but he is our best player there's no doubt about it really yeah. um, so you'd want to maximise him um, but how he's going to do that I, I don't know whether he plays him maybe as a second striker uh, off Jolinton or whoever else he cobbles together uh, I really don't know but it's, it, I'm not hopeful really unless uh, we go absolutely mad over the next couple of weeks and bring in some you know real quality players well he's got no idea what Sean Longstaff's up to does he doesn't know if he's staying or if he's already a Man United player or what and well, he's played nine, ten Premier League games, and he's mm. no one really knows how good he is. He, he played pretty well for ten games, yeah. um, but it's it's not enough to go and splash thirty, forty million on. And I, I imagine um, someone saying that to to Man United right now, whether whether it be Ed Woodward or whoever. But mm. it, it's there's not a huge amount of evidence there to suggest he's always going to be that good. No. 
tricky situation. He for did him. A, Bruce. Bruce did a pretty good job at Sheffield Wednesday in the second half of last season. I think we have to say, you know, but they were a complete mess yeah. by the halfway point, and uh, you know, until he came in, it looked like they might even be be relegated. Um, and then he turned them around to the point. I remember when they came to Carrow Road and gave us one of the hardest games of the season with about three games to go. They 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 were still within sort of a, a few points of, of maybe sneaking a playoff place. Um, they didn't do that in the end, but it was quite a major turnaround in the second half of the season. So I think, I can't remember who made the point earlier, um, but, you know, he, he does seem to be quite good at stabilising um, sides which are, in, which are in a bit of a mess. But, yeah, I certainly wouldn't expect any fireworks from him. <laughs> from him. Has he been at three clubs in a season? Because he started last year at Villa, didn't he, before they started throwing cabbages at him? <laughs> yep. That's right. <laughs> Excellent. Always good. Well, then, Dave, predictions. Where are you going to finish? The bookies have you currently uh, fifth long, uh, fifth shortest odds to stay up. Well, if the season started tomorrow, I would say we were certain to go down. Um, right. But I do think you'll bring players in. Um, and I think, in a, in a way, I think, Bruce will just be exactly what Ashley wants and it will finish 16th, 15th, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and no better, which is, as I say, is exactly what he wants. And if we go down, he's already got the man in place to bring us back. Um, hmm. Or so he thinks. <laughs> so uh, it's it's difficult to say. I say we haven't signed no one. Right right now, I'm probably on, I guess, a 7 or 8, towards getting relegated. Right. Um, a couple of players, namely a striker, I think will be just about okay. Okay. See how it goes then. Interested in a few weeks for you. Let's go and talk about Sheffield United, shall we? Let's get this one out of the way. Sorry, Hal. <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking at the incomings, um, Chris Wilder is building a really good championship team for next season. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's incredibly cheeky and massively wrong, but please continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, he's taken a chance on Ravel Morrison. He's brought him back to the country. Free transfer from Osterlunds. Uh, he's brought Phil Jagielka back. Nice sentimental signing. Could still do a job, maybe in gold if needed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Luke Freeman's decent. I like him. That's a good signing. Three and a half mil. Um, Callum Robinson, raw, but potential. And... Um, Liz Mousset, I think, was signed last couple of days. Yeah, record signing. I think, yeah, Lise Mousset or Lise Mousset. I've heard a few different pronunciations, and yeah. uh, that's like three record signings that you mentioned towards the end there in quick succession. Yeah, so what, how are these guys going to fit into the team? Because you, you, well, you, you play in a very seen, specific way, don't you? Yeah, I was about to say, if you haven't seen the way that the Blades play, it is exciting football. It's a kind of football where we are going to take it to the opposition. A lot of people assume because it is a mostly British squad, in fact, Lee Smousset is the first foreign signing that Chris Wilder has made. And I would say the first, when we say foreign, I mean, we've got British and Republic of Ireland players. And we've only had those for many, many years. And Lee Smousset will be his French and he'll be the first one, I believe, since... Florent Cavellier. Now, there were players like Clayton Donaldson, who uh, was represented by uh, Jamaica. He, he chose to play for them, but mm. uh, was born in Britain. So this would be the first one that's you know, actually foreign, in quotations, and <laughs> Lise Mousset will, uh, will do extremely well, I think, with the Blades. Um, he's one of those players that's actually been in the UK for a while at Bournemouth, but kind of in and out of the side and more out. So he's an unknown quantity, but I've been spending a lot of time out fans do when you sign a play you know nothing about looking at his goals on youtube and yeah everyone looks good like that but he looks very good like that yeah and i was going to say that the way that we play you're absolutely right it is a style that we will take it to the opposition we might get absolutely gubbed away at man city but we're going to get beaten the sheffield united way and that is going to be we're going to have a go we're certainly not going to park the bus we're not going to sit back we'll still play two up front we play two up front when we go down to 10 we play two up front when we go down to nine it is all <laughs> about scoring goals and the way we try and do it is score more goals than you, which of course is what football originally was all about. It's a very simple game. Chris Wilder is not, because I was going to say earlier, this like British style people imagine he's one of these old school, but he's not. He is someone a bit like Sam Allardyce, who's like sometimes ridiculed. Uh, but Sam was one of the early adopters of a, a lot of technology, and Chris Wilder mm. is the same. And he is one of these managers that likes to get value for money. You mentioned that you like Luke Freeman. When it comes to assists and scoring goals, Luke always been right up there. He just deserves a chance to finally be at the top table, and yeah. he's going to be given it. A lot of these players that he signed are players like that that other clubs would have passed on. If you, you know, in my opinion, 
I know I'm biased, but I think Jack O'Connell, for example, the left-footed centre-back, the bombing forward down the left wing, amazing crossing centre-back, will play for England. He is, in my opinion, better than Harry Maguire, who I saw uh, at close quarters from his debut right until he left. And he's become, you know, quite a sought-after defender. Jack O'Connell can do more than Harry Maguire, but Harry and Carl Walker and Phil Jagielka all learnt in that youth system of Sheffield United to bring the ball out of defence, beckoned by a Bobby Moore style. It's just been the way that we play, and Wilder's continued that. Yeah, overlapping centre-backs, Dave, in the Premier League. It's a... Yeah, talk, talk us through this then. So you have, you've got three okay. centre backs. One, you have three centre backs. Yeah, yeah. One in the middle, which usually is John Egan, will sit back and stay back because you know you've got to have one back. <laughs> right, well, former Macam, so he'll be he'll be terrible. So carry on. Ali, yeah, briefly. Uh, so we've also got then, yeah, as I mentioned, Jack O'Connell, left hand side, and then Lassie's mostly. Uh, HMS Bash, Chris Bashambauer, and uh, Chris Basham. He just gift, absolutely gift at college classic. He, Go on. Yeah, he just bombs forward and scores goals. He scores goals, slide tackling them into the back of the net like he did against Leeds at Ellen Road. You know, the, the man is incredible. Uh, he might not feature that much. We don't know this going into this season. We'll see. Of all of the centre backs, he'd be the one that you think might have the most limitations. And I say that with the greatest deal of respect to, to Chris Basham. He's a great guy, but whether he's going to have enough pace, uh, he, he runs for days, but he, he might, because he's not great on the turn, we'll, we'll see how he goes. When he gets going, he's, he's super quick. But yeah, you, the idea is you have someone like Basham going down the right, O'Connell going down the left. When that happens, you then have other players that would drop back and cover at centre-back. But the idea is you're kind of overloading the wings. You've also got Ender Stevens, left wing back, who'll push forward. He maybe will cut inside while Jack O'Connell runs outside of him gets to the byline he will then put a cross in or he'll lay it back to someone like mark duffy who's on the edge of the area and can shoot he's got a fantastic shot on him or he'll throw it into the box and even someone like billy sharp who isn't the tallest striker you challenge him against almost any defender because he leaps like the proverbial salmon so it's, it's that kind of attack simon Should. Adam, um you saw, <laughs> you saw yeah, well, close quarters last year what do you mean yeah um probably the best side I would say that came to Carra Road last oh, season, with along with, along with Bielsa, Bielsa's leads. Um, you know, they were probably our two hardest games, and mm. the two games where a side really had a go at us for probably an hour of the of the game at Carra Road. Pretty much every other game, it was us doing pretty much all the attacking. Um, yeah, I was I was very impressed with Sheffield United, and going to be fascinated to see how they transition to the Premier League. Um, their squad, very much, the makeup of their squad very much reminds me of Paul Lambert's Norwich in 2011, which came from League One and then straight into the Premier League. I know yeah. Sheffield United have taken a couple of seasons to go up, but um, it's sort of a very similar squad makeup, if you ask me. And, and the signings look quite similar as well. You know, um, it's, it's a very British squad. Um, a lot of players there who will be very hungry to prove themselves in the Premier League. Um, I think it would be a big mistake to completely write them off and, and put them down as, as certain relegation candidates. Um, it's uh, I, I do I do wonder if they can afford to be so attacking um, in, in in the Premier League, and, and, that, and that's a question for, for for my team Norwich as well. Uh, which we come on to later, but yeah, uh, overall, I, I, I don't think they I don't think they go down without a fight, and um, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if 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 they did stay up. Simon, any thoughts on Sheffield United? How they did last year, or what you think they? Yeah, I kind of um, echo what Adam said. Really, I think uh, the two best teams that came to Villa Park last season were Sheffield United and, to be fair, Leeds as well. Um, I think the Leeds game would tune up at half-time, but I thought we're still going to get done here and, and need to do us. Um, but uh, yeah, Sheffield United, they, they came to us, I think it was uh, early, middle of February, and they were 3-0 up with 10 minutes ago. And I, I still can't work out how we got a, a point from that game. Mm. They absolutely destroyed us for, for about 70, 80 minutes. Um, I, I, I was really, really impressed. I'm kind of quite interested to see... Yeah, like uh, the guy said earlier, how they'll actually get on. One question I wanted to ask, 
how was um Scott Hogan went on loan to you guys last season did he, I'm assuming he didn't pull up any trees because it doesn't seem like you've got much interest in making him a permanent signing well, it's interesting that you brought up the three all and, and didn't mention the absolute hammering we gave you guys at Bramall Lane. Uh, let's, that, that was Steve Bruce era. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> right. I mean, Jack Grealish was playing in that game, so, you know, he had your best side out. Anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, Scott Hogan. Well, you say he didn't pull up any trees. Scored you know, an important goal, certainly at the end of the season, to clinch yeah. promotion. Was it ever really in any doubt when Leeds are your only real challenges? Probably not. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't confident. I'll be, I'll be honest, I was a bit edgy because you know when you followed the blades for as long as I have, if any team can ruin it, it, it is us. We'll see what happens, of course, going into next season. But you know what? I've I've already kind of made and nailed my colours to the mast and made it clear that we're going to attack. And if we are going to go down, we're going to go down in style. Scott Hogan, I don't think will come back. I think he did as well as could be expected. He didn't quite get as many first team opportunities as certainly I was hoping for. Whenever he did play, he was a six out of ten occasionally yeah. occasionally pushing a seven but he didn't look like the player that certainly my brentford fan friends had said once you get him firing and he gets a bit of confidence he just will score goals 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 the guy looks like he is lacking a little bit of that and maybe he needs to play regularly in a team that will feed him the ball in the way that perhaps he likes i haven't seen enough of him at brentford as as i know that this has been said to me he was really really strong in those years there it looks like at villa he was at similar kind of dropped off form we didn't give him long enough to rediscover it. Here we go okay. then. The bookies are what you as heavy, heavy favourites to finish bottom at eight to eleven currently. Um, can you beat those odds? Well, obviously, I'm going to say yes. There's yeah. not much point going into the season thinking anything else. It's amazing, isn't it, to think what Dave was saying about Newcastle. And you look at their squad, and yes, it's a bit threadbare. But on paper, it's significantly stronger than Sheffield United. And he is doom and gloom, pulling his hair out. And, <laughs> and they're probably gonna, they're thinking, oh, they're going to go down. And they've got a lot more money to spend than Sheffield United. And, and yet, all Sheffield United fans now would not swap places with Newcastle for one second, and we've got a terrible ownership nonsense going on in the, in the boardroom. Oh, yeah, really? oh, absolutely, and it looks <laughs> like it could get quite ugly. But we're not thinking about that because we're enjoying Tufty Ball, as we call it, Chris Wilder Ball. <laughs> the way that he plays the football is so exciting. It's made us fall in love with the game again in a time when people are falling out of love with the game because of the way that it's kind of changed so much. But we can still relate to all of these players because they are so down to earth and they're so happy to meet and chat with fans. So we all want these guys to succeed. We're all backing them. The way that the Blades do things is, I believe, the right way. And I'm just so proud of my club at the moment. And whatever happens, I know we're going to go, as, as it was said earlier, we're not going to go down without a fight. We're going to go out there and we're going to play football the proper way. Good. Like it. In, in a way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Adam Norwich, you, uh, you won the league last season. Um, you are the, the bookie's second, uh, second shortest odds to go down, currently 5-4. to four. Um, Incoming wise, you've spent a fair bit of cash. Um, no kind of major, major signings, but strengthening in kind of areas that I think you needed, right back and right wing specifically. Yeah, well, I think we have one of the best right backs in the in in the country in in, in Matt Aaron. So for, for me, it was just a matter of yeah, we needed backup hmm. in in that area, and and we signed a player that you probably know far more about than I do. In yeah, in Warnock in, broke in, him. in, uh, <laughs> in Sam Byram, um, and and he's already put in a in a couple of decent performances in in pre season. Seems to have fitted in well. Um, obviously, you can't tell too much in pre-season, but mm. um, seem, seems a good fit so far. Um, Patrick Robertson, alone. that's an exciting one. Yes, and and he's and he's been really exciting so far. Um, it, he he just seems to fit into our system and into our style absolutely perfectly. Um, real creative, neat on the ball, um, lovely passer. He's already threaded. Um, Pookie through, through on goal a few times. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to to see him as as part of that three behind Pookie going into next season. We've already got Wendia on one side, who I think it will be one of the most exciting players in the Premier League this coming season. Mm -hmm. um, one of the best players I've ever seen in a Norwich shirt. Um, uh, 
following hot on the heels of another one the previous season in, in James Madison. And if you think of the impact Madison had at Leicester last season, I can see yeah. Buendia having a similar impact for Norwich this year. Um, slightly different position, but similar kind of players, you know, creative, um, you know, stunning shots on them, um, lots of skill. Mm. Buendia especially has some incredible ability to, to be his man. Um, and the other thing Buendia has, which not a lot of attacking midfielders do have, is a superb work ethic. You know, he's, he's also one of our best defensive players, um, stats-wise, and also passes the eye test on that as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited about Aaron's and Buendia, especially um, move, moving up into the championship. The one area I felt that we really needed a new sign-in in was, uh, was the goalkeeper. Um, Tim Krull was probably one of our weaker players last season, despite yeah. the fact he played all 46 games. <laughs> I've said to quite a few people that even though he played every single match, I don't think he would have featured in sort of the top 12 or 13 in our player of the season. Um, <laughs> your vote count. Um, just because pretty much everybody else um, exceeded expectations last season yeah. in, in their role, whilst he was probably the one player you would say just about met expectations. You know, he hadn't played for a while and he did get better as the season went on, but it always felt there was a bit of a mistake in him. He was certainly a better option than Michael McGovern, mainly because Krull could play with his feet a little bit. Um, not, not ideal for Farker's style, but certainly a lot better than McGovern can. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think replacing him has been probably our best signing so far, possibly, um, in, in Ralph Furman coming in from Schalke. That seems quite a coup from the mm. reaction across Europe to, to that signing. He's, he's coming on loan with a three million loan, three million pound loan fee, yeah. which, is, uh, which is quite hefty. And so I can't imagine that he's coming in anything other than our number one uh, for the season. No, um, be, yeah. Yeah, and I'd say the other area I'd possibly like to see us improve is um, is defensive midfield. Mainly, we've got many options there, but what we probably lack is sort of a ball-winning type um, that yeah. could play a 38-game season. Both Alex Tete and uh, Tommy Tribal have both got a long history of injuries yeah. um, already in their career. So I'm a little bit concerned about going into a, a long Premier League season with, uh, with both of their injury records. Um, yeah. Tribal was excellent in the second half of last season, but I do think that Tetty's probably passed it now. So we do really need to, to seek out a, a defensive midfield option, option there. Yeah, I don't think I'm forgetting. Him, so, no, yeah. I don't think so. I've put uh, Timo Puki in my fantasy football team. Is that a good move? I think he's going to adapt to uh, football. I think he'd be good. Yeah, well, he he's he's looked unbelievably sharp in in pre season already in the in the couple of games I've seen. Uh, real promising, um, and there's, there's basically no reason why he wouldn't step up apart from sort of from the mental side of things. You know, if 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 he just feels <laughs> pressure of scoring in the Premier League uh, a lot more. But for me, he has the pace, the movement, the finishing. Um, we will still create enough chances for him to get goals in the Premier League. Not Obviously not at the rate he did in the Championship, but yeah. um, I'm fairly confident that he will contribute quite a lot. Uh, we have got back up there from a... We did sign a Swiss striker on a free uh, Swiss international, mm. Posit Dermich. Um, yeah, yeah. I, th I think I think he could be decent, but a couple of people I've spoken to about him who have seen a lot of him weren't so sort of uh, excited about that signing compared to the Furman one. So it'd be interesting to see which one of those pans out okay. the best. Um, but yeah, o overall, I'm pretty excited going into this Premier League season. Yeah. A bit like, um, uh, sorry, forget his name, but Sheffield United fan. Um, How? How, yeah, a bit like what Hal said earlier, you know, it's pointless going in to a Premier League season worried and depressed about what might be ahead. Yeah. For me, you've got to be sort of optimistic and excited about it 
And because if the worst does happen and you do end up struggling, then you know you're you've just spent you know a year being depressed rather than just nine months. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> you might you might as well get excited and optimistic now. Yeah, uh, exactly. is, is my advice. Um, <laughs> any any Norwich Bates questions, guys? Timu Pukki, um, obviously you just talked about him there. I have a Celtic fan friend who said he couldn't hit a cow's ass when he was in the SPL. Uh, well, how did he get? How did you turn it round? Like, as he he seemed like he was going nowhere, and to go from that to, you know, he must have been top scorer last season, I'd guess. Um, did you see it coming? Yeah, well, I, I I didn't know anything about him until we signed him. So I certainly didn't. I don't think anybody saw it coming even even within the club you know that he would go on and score 30 goals in a season um you know it's, it's almost unprecedented for an Irish striker to do that mm. um but uh i would say that he's you can't judge him now on what he did years ago when he was a young lad in 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 scotland playing you know for a huge club like celtic all the pressure that comes with that. I think it was just, you know, we see this all the time in football. Players find sometimes just the right club at the right time. Yeah. Um, and we had it a few years ago with Grant Holt. Um, yeah, he, he had done nothing particularly special in his career before joining Norwich. But he moved through the leagues easily. Like when he played in the Premier League, he, he didn't look out of place at all. Yeah. So... Um, and and that and that's despite him playing, you know, a lot of football in League One and League Two. So it's always difficult to tell whether players are going to make that step up. Um, a lot of it, I think, is is the mental side of things, and a lot of it is how they fit into the system, how the manager can get the best out of him, and all of that looks set up for me for for Timo Pukki. So again, I'm fairly optimistic, and um, yeah, let, let's see. Adam, can I just weigh in on the uh, Timu Puki debate? Yeah. Uh, which I, I saw him when I was living in Germany and I was watching quite a bit of uh, Schalke 04. And uh, he was like, touted as like the next big thing. The Schalke fans absolutely loved him. I saw him score a couple of goals and he was just so comfortable playing at that really high level. And then for some reason, just dropped off. It looked like he was going to continue and be probably one of the most exciting young strikers in Europe and just, just stop scoring goals. Went to Celtic, which I didn't expect. Having watched him at Schalke, I was like, this guy, he's probably going to go to Barcelona or Real Madrid next. Went to Celtic, I think scored almost like seven goals. Not great return. And I even saw Norwich against Sheffield United at Bramall Lane and I was looking out for Puki. And he and uh, Moritz Leitner, I just remember saying to people around me, these two, they've got their legs have gone. They've got nothing. Uh, <laughs> O'Neill Hernandez, on the other hand, I was thinking, this guy, this guy's a player. But they completely proved me wrong. O'Neill Hernandez continued to be good. I also went and watched uh, Norwich against Wickham Wanderers in the uh, League Cup and yeah. was just very, very impressed with the entire... team. Yeah, well, the, the entire team. I uh, was so, so impressed. And that wasn't even the first team. In fact, I remember Ben Godfrey looking very strong in that game. And I thought we yeah. mentioned you need a defensive midfielder. I know he can play defense or midfield. You know, he could be the answer. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting point. A lot of Norwich fans would agree with you. But the one person who certainly wouldn't agree with you is Daniel Farker, our manager. <laughs> now, when at the start of the season, um, again, at the start of last season, it was a case of looking at this defensive midfield role. And everybody expected Godfrey to be that man who, who would step in. You know, he, he had had a great season with Shrewsbury the year before. And, um, and yeah, he, he looked set to, to be our defensive midfielder for, for a few years. And then there was this press conference uh, just ahead of the season. And Fark comes out with this comment that he doesn't see him as a defensive midfielder. He sees him as a centre-back and a potentially world-class centre-back. Yeah, right. And like... The people in the room at the time scoffed a little bit at his suggestion. Um, and he certainly had a few shaky moments when he came into the side. But sort of by the end of the season, you could see that he was growing with, with, with every game and taking on more and more responsibility. Um, and, you know, he wouldn't completely bet against that. I think that's possibly a little bit optimistic from Farker's point of view. Um, 
but you know there, there is certainly uh, a very good player in there and a very good centre back in there in my opinion and um, and I think certainly in our side um, he's probably better suited to, to centre back than, than defensive midfield um, and uh, and yeah on, on your other point in the in the way that our players grew as the season went on yeah we played Sheffield United away back in August we lost that game in the last second to one. Uh, I remember throwing a tantrum in my living room that my wife uh, tutted at. Um, and, uh, it's only football. <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, but if I remember rightly, we missed two sitters in that oh, game. I mean, uh, the sitter isn't even the word. Yeah. I've never seen as miss as bad as one of them. Just absolute open goal, two yards out. And I was in the top tier and that it needed to be head off. That, that, that was Pukia. That was Pukia. He's other, gone. His legs uh, are gone. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 the other one, and the other one was one of the most bizarre moments of the season where Leitner looked about 20 yards offside. He was offside. And no flag went up. And he went one-on-one with the goalkeeper. He could have passed it off to, to a player on either side. And he just hit it straight at the keeper, if I remember rightly. Well, I think a magnificent save from Dean Henderson is how I would put it. But yeah, it was directly towards his body. But your body's got to be there. But yeah, basically, yeah, in August, there was two things going on and why we started slowly. One was we weren't taking our chances. A uh, bit of bad luck at times. Um, you know the XG was at that point I know some people hate that but I I did point out at the time you know it was showing that we were outperforming our opponents in in most games it was just you know we we can put the ball in the net Um, your wife (laughs) stop it (laughs) yeah but have you looked at the XG (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah exactly Um, (laughs) and uh, and the other thing going on was we still had a few injuries at that point. Um, Max Ahrens hadn't made his debut at that point at right back. Um, and Jamal Lewis was out at left back. I think he did play in that Sheffield United game and he made a mistake towards the end, but he hadn't he hadn't played for months um, ahead of that. And, and I think it showed he still looked rusty. Um, so it really wasn't until September we were able to sort of put our best eleven out on the pitch which kind of happened by accident I think because our club captain Grant Hanley who I don't particularly rate as a, as a ball playing centre back um, he got injured in, in the East Anglin derby which finished 1-1 where we didn't play very well at all um, and, uh, and yeah in the next game Closer and Zimmerman started at centre back for us and yeah we just looked like a completely different team who were so comfortable playing out from the back um, and yeah and, and solid defensively as well so um, I said this on a podcast the other day Farker did a great job last season but I think one of the key moments I think happened by accident a little bit <laughs> in the fact that Hanley who was his starting centre-back got injured and when he got injured basically we started looking a lot more comfortable in possession playing out from the back and, uh, and, and things seemed to fall into place from there we paid six million for Grant Hanley once. <laughs> I, think we bought, I think we bought him from Newcastle, if I remember rightly, for about three yeah. minutes. Yeah, um, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, <laughs> on buy high, buy high, sell low. That's how <laughs> well, I'd be very disappointed if we'd spent more than three million on him, given the absolute <laughs> bargains we've got elsewhere in, it, in our team. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, no, it's, it's it's exciting times. You staying up? Yeah, I, 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 I think we will. I, I think our style of play um, is suited to, to, to the Premier League. I think we have the technical quality to stay up. I, I, think, I think possibly my one slight worry is, is defensively. Um, but I do think we will just score enough goals this time around to, yeah. to stay up. Okay. Simon, Aston Villa time. You beat um, Frank Lampard's Derby County in the playoff final to yeah. secure your place in the Premier League. Um, well, you get to play Frank Lampard's Chelsea at some point as well, but you, uh, you've you been spending money left, right and centre. Uh, 25 million on Wesley, 20 million on, 22 million on uh, Tyrone Mings. 
Matt Taggart for 15 million and some guys I can't pronounce for lots more millions of pounds as well. <laughs> Strengthen the yeah. place. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the transfer feeds that have been touted about, I, th- I think some of them aren't quite as expensive initially as, as they appear. They, right. they uh, come with add-ons, obviously, but if the add-ons uh, end up being paid, then that obviously means that they've done something good, so you can't complain too much. Um, yeah, we've... I mean, the thing is, we've had to strengthen the squads. There's been a lot of, I think, quite lazy journalism when people say, oh, they're doing a Fulham. It's very different. We we had um, last season a number of players on loan yeah. who were big, important players for us. And we managed with uh, Courtney Hawes, Tyrone Mings and El Ghazi. We've signed them uh, permanently now. Mm. Um, also, two of the signings, Hotter... Uh, from Birmingham and Esri Konza from Brentford. They, uh, I believe Dean Smith signed them for Brentford when he was manager there. Oh, so he's right, working okay. for. And also, uh, centre-back we signed last week, Bjorn Engels. Uh, I believe Smith tried to sign him for Brentford last summer as well. Yeah, so the themes have been, it seems to have been a thought-through plan, whereas Fulham last season seems to be a approach. Um, so, yeah, but I think... Um, Last, I mean, last season it, it was like three seasons in one. We had <laughs> we had the Steve Bruce element at the start of the season where he he left us with one centre back at the club, <laughs> um, in, in James Chester, and so he decided to play Miller Yedinak at centre back. Now Yedinak was a good defensive midfielder, but you never thought he would make a natural ball playing centre back, no. and and that turned out to be the case. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and then when uh, Bruce got the bullets or the cabbage, as some of Smith came in, and there, there was there was a sort of immediate improvement. He, he moved Twan, Axel Twanzebe, who he had on loan from United, mm. um, to his more natural position of centre back, and and he he was absolutely excellent. And we we had a really sort of good November, and then at Christmas time, uh, Chester got injured and Grealish got injured. Uh, which kind of completely did us for a few months and sort of uh, mid-February when we had that Sheffield United game as well and you're sort of looking at it thinking this season's a write-off. But the signing of Tyrone Mings last January was the the best. That was what changed us. I know Greedish gets the headlines with him when he came back and was made captain and we went on our 10-match winning run. But for me, Tyrone Mings was the most important. And John McGinn. To be fair, the two, them two were more important throughout the course of the season than Jack Grealish in, in sort of sorting us out, I think. Yeah, you've cut a lot of age from the squad and you've also cut a lot of wages and Ross McCormack's finally left the club. So. Oh, Ross McCormack, <laughs> he's managed to get over that gate, hasn't he? <laughs> he's probably still uh, trapped. He's got a left yeah, of um, Yeah, no, we, we yeah, cut, cut the age down and, um, and yeah, the wages as well. I mean, we got... Micah Richards off the books, who wow. hasn't played for two and a half years, but <laughs> still picks up £60,000 a week. Jesus so that was, a, that was a smart signing, wasn't it? <laughs> is, he, is he available, Micah Richards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, available for weddings and bar mitzvahs, I think. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, getting the, the average uh, age of the squad down, I think it's important. Cause I think uh, Smith at Brentford's, he, he likes to sign in younger players who have potential to improve and potential to sort of take on board his coaching methods and the way he wants to play football. Yeah. And from sort of March onwards last season, uh, it, it was just, it was great to watch. And you went into every game genuinely thinking, we're going, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, we're going to win this game. And the, I've had a season ticket for, I think this is my 21st season, I'll have had the season ticket at Villa. I've never known such a positive atmosphere from every single fan. The club seems to have people who know what they're doing from top to bottom. Um, it's, and we're spending money like I've never seen us spend money before. It's, <laughs> it's an exciting time at the moment, definitely. Yeah, Hotter at 28 was the oldest player that was signed this summer. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely youth movement almost. Yeah, well, I think... As I say, you, you kind of, in, I think to play in the Premiership now, you've got to have pace mm. uh, in, in your team, especially if, if you're a newly promoted club as well. You, 
you think you're more than likely going to have to maybe play on the counter-attack a little bit. Yeah. And I think if you're doing that, you need to have people who can get forwards uh, and make those quick transitions easily. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the bookies have got you at uh, fifteen to eight, um, just outside the the, the the three there that are favourite to go down. Brighton are, are joining Norwich and Sheffield United. Um, they seem confident that you can stay up. Do you think you can do it? To be fair, yeah. Um, it's kind of it's one of those that it, we've signed um, a number of what people might say. Oh, you've taken players from the Championship and in Wesley and. We've got, uh, supposedly in the next few days, a winger, an Egyptian winger, Trezeguet, is yes. supposed to be pretty much done and dusted from, from what I understand, and Douglas Louise from Man City. So you're sort of taking a few gambles, which, you know, when you, when you take a player from abroad, we, we took Christian Benteke from the Belgian League, which is where Wesley has come from, yeah. and, and he was absolutely outstanding for us. Remember years ago, uh, Middlesbrough signing Alfonso Alves from the Dutch <laughs> League, and that didn't quite work. So, you know, you take a, a player from abroad, it's a gamble. Personally, I think we could finish around 14th, 15th. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd take 17th now. Yeah. But I, I, I think we can, we can finish rel- relatively comfortably this season, staying up. Well, Douglas Louise is the one I want you to sign because then you'll stop pestering Calvin Phillips to shift, yeah. shift his sticks to. I mean, 30, 30 million for Calvin Phillips seems a little extravagant, I must say. Well, we just did what you did with Jack Grealish last year, which more clubs. What, what, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, what, it's what the player's worth to you, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when, when uh, Tottenham was sniffing around Grealish last season, they, I mean, they could have, if they hadn't been so foolish, they could have had him for fairly cheap. I think they offered us 2 million and Josh Onema on loan, yeah. which even whilst we were. You know, on, on on our bare bones last season, even that was was too much of a piss take off for us to really accept. <laughs> but uh, I'm so glad that that they did do that because I I personally think I know he's not popular with a lot of opposition fans, but I think he'll by by Christmas, by Christmas he'll be in that England squad. On I'd almost go and put my put my mortgage on that. Well, be cool. Um, any questions then for Simon regarding National Villa from anyone else? Um, Tyrone Mings. Yeah. Did he mean to stamp on Olivero's face? <laughs> murders. <laughs> I obviously I'm very biased, but I I would argue that he was off balance and couldn't get his foot out of the way. However, he didn't half come down hard. Um, yeah. I I don't know. It's I'd like to think that a, a professional wouldn't deliberately try and do that. To, to another pro. I mean, it wasn't like there was even any needle or anything before, so I, I can't imagine that that, that uh, was a deliberate act, but only I suppose Tyrone okay. Mings will know that himself. Well, yeah, we've, I, we've been I remember, being, uh, uh, Sorry. I just, I just reminded me of Andy Todd um, elbowing Van Persie in the mm. face, and, and people didn't know if he'd done that on purpose. And then I was flying to Mallorca, on a holiday, not to brag, and I was sat next to Andy Todd on the plane, and I said to him two things. First thing I said was, you're Andy Todd. <laughs> and then the second thing I said to him was, did you mean to elbow Van Persie in the face? To which he said, you're not going to like broadcast this or anything, are you? And I said, <laughs> I said, no. And he said, honestly, he completely didn't do it on purpose. He turned around, it was an accident. And I know Tyro Mings has done the stamp on the forehead thing twice. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look good when you've done something more than once. I but think it, we, yeah, I think it was an accident as well. We, we've, uh, yeah, the, the previous one uh, was, uh, was Zatoly Ibrahimovic, wasn't it, when he was at Bournemouth? Mm. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I looking at that one, I, I think that there was probably an element of, um, you know, I'm going to try and do you here. <laughs> so I think that, well, was it, was it anything to do with the fact that he wasn't wearing a villa shirt? <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think so that's how Avery Image had a few minutes earlier elbowed Minks previously. So I, yeah. think, I think there was a bit of back and forth between them. As I say, I obviously have got my, my villa claret and blue rose tinted glasses on so I think it was an accident but on him as a player he I, well, I think uh, how you were saying about Jack O'Connell could, p- could play for England personally I, I think Mings could as well he 
we've probably, he's probably the best centre back we've had since uh, we had um, Olaf Melberg and Martin Larson playing. Oh, he's okay. that good. Just needs a beard to be as good as those guys. Yeah. It's probably my Norwich bias here with Mings being a, a product of, uh, of our friends down the road, Ipswich. <laughs> uh, um, he definitely meant a stamp on the face <laughs> of Norwich. Norwich's on-loan striker to Reading. Nelson all over. And, um, and he definitely won't play for England. So, there you go. That's, that's my completely... That's my, my complete. I'm not saying he will, I'm saying he could. He could. <laughs> there we go, then. That is our previews of those teams done. Everyone thinks they're staying up, apart from Dave, who thinks Newcastle could go down. Um, <laughs> one final question for all of you Is your manager going to see out the season? Start with you, Dave. I mean, I hope not, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> life's not that kind. I think they'll be there forever. <laughs> And then the rest of you, you, you guys are probably the, the favourites for the to, to change manager throughout the season, but I don't see any of the clubs changing managers. Can you see it yourself? No, Villa, definitely not. No, I, can't, I can't see it. Norwich, Parker signed a new contract um, a couple of months ago, um, you know, just towards the end of last season. Um, you know, the, the club very much see him as, as a long-term option. I guess the only way he might not be there is if we win our first 20 games of the season or something and uh, and Real Madrid come along wanting to replace the Dan. I can't see anything like that happening yeah. anyway. Adam's right. I mean, that's the only way I can see Chris Wilder leaving is if he is taken. He won't leave. Is if he's taken by another club. I would, I would never say a bigger club because when you are the first United, you are the only United. But... <laughs> What, don't laugh at this. Chris Wilder will one day manage England. Oh, big calls today. I don't want to be alive when Wilder's in charge of England. <laughs> Tyrone Hughes is coming back. <laughs> this sounds awful. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's Jack O'Connell, his uh, starting centre back and captain by any shots. He might be, and John Egan would be if he hadn't already played for the Republic of Ireland. He'd be in there as well. Oh, what a world you're bringing a child into, Dave? Eh? World. <laughs> well, good news for you, Dave. Though. Steve Bruce is eight to one to be fired first. Um, well, hopefully we we'll get taken over next month, and then the big boot straight away. Bringing anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Then that is our previews done. All those teams are going to stay up, so it's going to make interesting listening for the next uh, couple of preview pods when some teams have got to go down. That's just science. Um, but thank you guys for joining me. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very much. Thank you, Adam. Cheers. Cheers, Al. Thank you. And thanks, Simon. Thank you. Nice one. Um, you can all give out your Twitter handles if you do uh, wish to do so. Simon, where can people find you on Twitter? It's uh, at Cy O'Regan. S-I-O-R-E-G-A-N. Uh, Adam? Uh, at Adam Brandon 84 uh, How? I've got loads. I mean, I might just... <laughs> I'll probably give out the other... Uh, at JNC Pod is the one I'd like to promote. And okay. also, I'm... I know Dave is a literary genius in the Steve Bruce mould. I'm also uh, releasing my first book on Hal Oween. Uh, that is going to be called All Hollow. I'll just promote that now if I can. Nice, yeah. Well, um, we'll definitely give you another plug for that later, later on, more close to the time as well. Cheers. It's nothing to do with football, but you must throw it out there. We've reviewed underwear on our website. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, it um, might be pants. <laughs> where people find you? And your glorious uh, work. Uh, I'm uh, at CM9798. Thank you once again for the CM9798 uh, Cup that you ran this summer. It was a wonderful experience. Oh, I've, I've actually forgot about that. Well done. I uh, congratulations. My trophy sitting Dave. proudly in front of me. Can I just <laughs> take this opportunity to say uh, thank you to you. You, you, you know, I, do, I do like your writing. I do like your Twitter work. I love your website as well where you keep the Champ Manager series alive. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you very much. You, you can come back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at Rossbow1984. You can find the sh- uh, show as a whole at Man on the Post. Um, and we'll be back pretty soon with some more previews for the rest of the teams in the Premier League. And then we'll be back with all of our shows that we do every week. Weekend reviews, weekend previews, all the other nonsense that we do each and every week. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And until we return, always remember to have your man on the post.